Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Focal Point podcast with Angela Marafino in order to continue evolving as a forward-thinking industry that accepts others as they are. We need to hear more stories from diverse individuals regarding their struggles and successes throughout their careers in technology. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. My name is Angela Marafino, and this is Focal Point. Today, we're speaking with Kara Zisman. Hi, Kara. Hey, Angela. Hey, everyone. I'm Kara Zisman. I am an application security engineer currently working at Salesforce, and I'm really excited to be chatting with you today. Thanks for coming on, and thanks for the intro. So happy to talk to you today. (laughs) I know. I'm so excited. I'm excited to talk about all things security. We've had a lot of conversations. I've talked to you a bunch of times, but for those of you who don't know, can you talk a little bit more about what you do in cybersecurity? Yeah, so I work in application security. So I've worked at a couple different companies in this type of role. So essentially I'm taking a look at applications, either third party or internally built and doing code reviews, pen testing, architecture and design reviews, You know, depending on where you work, it's sometimes writing requirements and standards. So really anything around applications and securing them, I try to tackle. Of course, there's a lot of things I don't know. I have some specialties within application security, but for the most part, yeah, it's just looking at implementing those security controls within all types of applications. That's really cool. I honestly didn't even know it was all of those things. So it sounds technical. What kind of background did you have to have to get that job? Yeah, so it is pretty technical and I will be honest that I don't have a ton of coding experience. So I think with application security, right, you're doing code reviews and digging into applications. So of course, having good knowledge of code is very important. I can read it. I can't write it. So I would say just being able to, you know, look through logic flows, that kind of background is definitely helpful. I've had some different roles in cybersecurity as well that have all contributed. So just having that general knowledge of you know, what's risky, what should I be looking for? How to threat model is really important. And then I would say, you know, having pen test experience. So I've been in a couple different roles again, where I've done pen testing. And I think that of course really comes into play in this type of role as well. So a mixture of things can all be helpful in application security, but I would definitely say those basics like coding and pen testing are two of the most important when it comes to this type of role. Very cool. So a lot of the people we talk to on here come from a background of no coding experience or no cybersecurity or computer science. Some do, a lot don't. I personally didn't have any, but you were, I wouldn't say the traditional route, but a route that I guess makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. um, so can you tell, tell me about your education and how you got into all of this? Yeah, of course. And I think you're right. I think I'm one of the more unique ones because I have a degree in network security, which, yeah, a lot of people don't come from that educational background, which is really awesome. I mean, it's definitely not necessary, but I guess to 
rewind, I'll say I'll ne- I never expected to be in cybersecurity. I actually originally went to college thinking I might be a graphic designer or website designer. I knew I wanted to make money. So I wanted to do something in tech. I loved art growing up. I, you know, I was also good at math and science, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, usually I feel like you're pushed more towards math and science or more towards the creative route. I do find that a lot of people in cybersecurity come from an art background or design or musical. It's very interesting to me. Yeah. Liberal Um, arts. Really? Yeah. So, uh, and it's surprising the amount of people specifically cybersecurity, you know, it's not even just tech in general, but I think it's a good perspective to have. Design also comes in handy when you're trying to get people to pay attention to security awareness type stuff. But yeah, so I went to college thinking I'd go into maybe graphic design or website design. So I went into a computer science program because I didn't even really know what computer science was. I figured it would lead me there. (laughs) So everybody else do more research than I did, but it still ended up okay. And then I really enjoyed my programming classes actually. And then when I finally got to my Java class, that's when I decided I did not want to be a programmer. Maybe computer science wasn't for me. I didn't really want to go back to the graphic design or website design route. So within uh, the computer science department at my college, there were specialties, you know, like IT project management or network security. And there were a couple other ones. And so security sounded fun. And I know that's kind of the most basic answer. And I think a lot of people kind of try to stray away from like, oh, hackers are just cool and this sex to do or, you know, but that was my mindset. I'm not proud of it. I've grown, (laughs) but at the time it just seemed like a really cool job to have. So I went down the cybersecurity route. I took a couple classes. I really enjoyed it and I did really find an interest in it. So that was very nice. Yeah. So I graduated my degree in network security. Uh, Again, I think I'm one of the few that has, because a lot of those programs are very new. I will be honest. I don't think there were a lot of even cybersecurity specific classes in my program. I think there were two cybersecurity courses, a digital forensics class, which was awesome. I think that might've been it. The rest was just kind of networking and those programming basics. Um, So I didn't even get an extensive amount of knowledge from my degree program. So people who didn't go to college for it shouldn't feel bad. It is helpful, but obviously you can learn those things on the job or through certifications or whatever else as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like there's so many, okay, even you obviously have an artistic background. If you were like, I like art, I was thinking about graphic design. I ended up doing graphic design because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to work with computers. And so I did it the other way around. That's awesome though. I mean, I always thought graphic design would be fun. You know, I took a course in high school, but did you actually take on any roles in graphic? Okay. I was going to say, I always thought doing art as a job might stress me out because it was always like an expression of my emotion or whatever. I'm like, but if I I have to do it, I'd be stressed. (laughs) I could have afforded to do my own, then it would have been great. But I like worked for newspapers and ad, you know, I had to build ads. It was just like the worst. It's like this chicken is two for one. And like, oh, I don't want to build that. Or like, you know, advertise chicken. Yeah. People people don't care what they look like. They're just like text in a square. Like, please let me design it. They're like, no. 
That's the other thing is you only have so much room for your own creativity and perspective, right? Like if you have a client, you have to do what they want to do. So it's kind of reassuring. I'm sure graphic design is really awesome for a lot of people, but I thought I would struggle with it. Yeah. I think you made the right choice. Look, we both ended up here, so wasn't a bad I like, idea. <laughs> I like how you were like, I want to make money, so what can I do? Like, that's the, you were smart. You're a smart person. So, um, yeah, I, I followed that path. <laughs> money driven. So you got your degree. Were you hired right away, or did you have to get any certifications before you got your first role in the industry? So I got pretty lucky. I joined Ford and they have a Ford college graduate program. So anybody listening, if they still have that, it was a great program, but it basically was a rotational program for fresh college graduates. I did have some IT help desk experience in college, which I think helped me. You know, I had a tech background, I guess. I did that for two years in college. And I guess it taught me a lot of the basics of tech and how to work with end users and customer service and those types of things. But yeah, so I joined this college graduate program. And every year you were able to rotate to a new role within security. And it was really awesome because the expectation was that you know nothing. So you weren't expected to come in and know how to work in a SOC or how to review an application. So I feel very grateful. I think I was one of the first three people to join that program. So it was really new. Yeah, specific for security. They also had an IT wide one, but I started off as a threat intelligence analyst. That was my first rotation, but working in a SOC, helping the incident responders. So at most places, threat intelligence is a lot of looking into threat actors, trying to find indicators of compromise, basically just kind of being that assist for when you're figuring out where attacks are coming from. So it was really cool. I really enjoyed that role. I think it was a little bit more project-based than a classic incident responder, you know, so you would work with them on a lot of incidents that came up, but still had bigger projects to take a look at, which was nice. And then my second rotation, I joined the penetration testing team and we took a look at everything, but, and it was a really great opportunity. I will say if you're new to cybersecurity, for me, it was kind of hard to jump right into a pen testing role without the proper background, but I did Mm -hmm. learn a lot. And I think it was a great opportunity to just be thrown into it. There were a wide variety of technologies. And on that team is where I actually started taking a look at web applications and mobile applications. So then for my third rotation, I did, I think I was technically a security engineer, but it was more so on the security requirements and standards. So we would do a lot of help with threat modeling, coming up with requirements for apps. So almost like architecture and design reviews. So less technical in a sense, it wasn't really hands-on testing or reading through code, just helping to put security controls in place before people designed apps. So Long story short, I got really lucky being able to go into that program right out of school. I think, of course, that really boosted my career. I would definitely, I guess I didn't realize right out of college that quite a few companies do those types of programs. Yeah. So, I mean, for people who are, you know, fresh out of college or just switched careers, I know there's a few, quite a few companies that have those opportunities and they'll pay for relocation or, well, nowadays everything seems to be remote. But yeah, there's lots of opportunities like that where you can go in knowing nothing and they'll teach you everything you need to know and take advantage of those if you find them and apply because 
I think those are the best situations. It's hard to break into cybersecurity. Yeah, I would say if you have the opportunity to intern, maybe it's paid, maybe it's not, take it because you get to find out what it's like on that team or in that organization. And there's no other way to know, right? Like you can say, I want to be a pen tester, but until you've actually done it, you don't know for sure if you want that to be your career. Oh, of course. Yeah. And there are a lot of good internship programs too, right? Where for one summer, you're a pen tester or even within the same company or another one, you can maybe try working in GRC and compliance. And right. I agree with you. I think it's good to try out roles because maybe you feel the same until you jump into it. You don't really know what it's like. And it's always right. a little bit different than you imagined, I think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, not all companies are created equal either. You could try pen testing at one place and not necessarily like it try it at another place and it'd it be completely different. So. Oh yeah. And you know, I've honestly had that experience too between pen testing team at Ford and then my two roles after they've differed so much. So yeah, I would say don't be afraid to try different companies and teams because I've never regretted trying a different role and figuring that out. I think sometimes people are stuck. They can't switch around as easily, but if you have the opportunity to, I would take advantage. Absolutely. I think also, I don't know if you've noticed this at your company or previously, but for me, it seems like the people who intern have a a better chance of getting rehired at the company because they've already worked there, basically. Definitely. Yes. I feel like almost a lot of the interns, at least I've seen in any job, have always gotten an offer afterwards. (laughs) And I think the other nice thing about being an intern, especially in security or any tech job, is kind of the same as that program I was talking about. You're not expected to know anything, Mm. which is amazing because now when I start a new role, I mean, people are always really friendly and they help me out, but I feel like there's a lot more pressure to know a lot more. And sometimes it is a totally new role and it is a huge learning curve for you. So yeah, if there are internships that you can get, I think I applied to 50, my one summer, you know, it's, it's a competitive out there, but it helps on your resume and it helps you get yeah, other jobs either at that company or especially in the Bay Area. It's, it feels like if you work for one big tech company, you can basically get a job at any other tech company, sure. even if you were just an intern there. I think it really boosts you. Yeah. Okay. So your answer was you didn't need any certifications, but you have one, right? Yeah. So I do have one certification. So I actually got that after I left Ford. So when I left that program, uh, so I had already done a little bit of pen testing, but I do have my G-Pen. So it's a certified pen tester through SANS. There's a course for it. It was a really great course, very hands-on. I did learn a lot more about pen testing that way, but I see it really helped me get any other rules from there. I don't know. I already knew pen testing. I do think it's a talking point a lot of the time and just something to add to your resume. I sort of wish I would have been able to take it, you know, before I tried out that pen testing rotation. Sure. Well, I definitely wish I could have because it has great foundational information and, you know, builds you up all the way through completing could've, a full pen test. Could have got you up to speed quicker. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. More formal training. Um, sure. But yeah, so I only have that certification though. Otherwise I've done a few other trainings, but I have never taken certs for them or there just weren't certs offered with them. Sure. So I definitely take advantage of all the training I can, but yeah, that's the only certification I have. Do you think you'll renew it? 
I need to look into what that requires. <laughs> I think you just pay to renew it, maybe, maybe but yeah. I think it's almost been two years since I've gotten it. So I probably should look into that. But I mean, if it seems reasonable, I will. But I think there's so many other trainings out there that will yeah. enhance my skills that maybe I should look into those sure. instead. Yeah, I know that, you know, it's all across the board. Some people are like, you don't need them. I'm not going to get them. And then other people are like, you need them. I have a bunch. And then, and then some of them, it's like, well, you can, you can get it. It may help for, you know, your first entry level or first two jobs. But then after that, do you need it? Maybe not. I typically just like to take them kind of for my own self-personal knowledge, like knowledge testing myself and to see if I can do it. But I, I don't, I don't feel like I need them at this point. I did yeah. when I started out, but now I don't. So I think it's just like personally, whatever you want to do. Right. And I totally agree with that. I think it just depends on yeah who you are as a person. And also I think the company you work for, for example, before where I'm at at Salesforce, I think the companies I worked at put a lot more pressure on certifications, I guess. It seemed like everybody always wanted CISP or OSCP or a lot of those big name ones, which is awesome. They are really great certifications, but again, I felt like you always had to be working on a certification here in this role. I would say people still do work on certs, but there's not a lot of pressure to, I think people take a lot of trainings or we do, you're free to go out there and take trainings and work on the certifications, but it's not a requirement where sometimes I think, yeah, it depends if your team or manager is kind of pushing on you to get it, but I'm with you. I, I prefer just taking a training, (laughs) almost skipping the certification. Right. Which it sounds lazy, but I feel like there's so much pressure in studying and they're always time boxed or for OSCP. I am amazed and impressed by all the people who have those offensive security certifications. Incredible. But I don't know if I could sit on camera for 24 hours. (laughs) I don't work well in that environment. So I think it's, again, it depends on who you are. And I guess if it's important to you, of course, go for it. But For me, I'm like, I'd rather just do the labs and train up on it, but I don't know if I'm ready for that pressure. I I don't know if I'd be able to execute well in that situation. Yeah. I tell people too, like, if they ask me, feel free to study for the exam. You don't have to take it. Nobody's going to know, you know, Yeah. you can always say, I know this information and put it on your resume. And you've obviously learned something if you studied for it, probably, but whether or not you actually sit for the exam, pay the money. Maybe you're starting out, you don't even can't afford it, right? Like I can afford a lot of them at that time. And so, you know, you can always put the things on your resume that you learn and say, yeah, I, I studied for this course. I just didn't feel like sitting for the exam. I think more people are like, okay, we just want to know that you know the information. Can you do it right. yes or no? Not like, do you have the paper? Like, has anyone ever asked for your college diploma? No. <laughs> Exactly. Never. Or the cert- certification, like show, prove it to us. Yeah. Yes. Like what's your cert number and how long is it? Now? <laughs> Let me <cares>. validate. <laughs> no, that's a great point too. And I think, like you said, you know, if you're just getting started, maybe it has more weight, right? Like if you take a pen testing cert and you've never done pen testing before, I think that would definitely get, give you a boost to get into that space, but you're right. They are really expensive. If your company's offering for you to, you know, to pay for it for you, Yes, take advantage of that. I totally think you should. But if you're just getting started, some of those certifications and courses are 
insanely priced. If you can take a course or read a book or there's a ton of free resources as well, those count just as much in my opinion. Yeah. New people who are, who are listening and, and thinking about all of this. Don't forget when you interview at a company, you got to interview them too and, and make sure you ask who provides training and has budget for that because you want them to invest in you as well. And anytime anybody's willing to pay for certifications or training, jump on it. <laughs> That's a huge green flag. Yes. I always ask about that when I interview because you want to make sure that they're invested in your career and that you don't just join and then they're like, well, you're on your own. Good luck learning any new skills. You know, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, you should be supported and they should be, they should be offering training to you. You know, in my opinion, I think that's something I found in my last few roles is they come to you and say, Hey, we have budget. Do you want to take training? That's a good sign. Yes, definitely look for that. So since hypothetically, right, you're not just a pen tester, you're in application security and you do pen tests. What has your experience been with, have you been like the only woman on these teams or what are your teams look like? How has that been for you? Yeah, great question. (laughs) So again, I would say that depends on the company. I think Salesforce is the first place I worked where on my first day, I joined a team meeting and I would say 40 to 50% of the team was women. And I was thrilled. That was so cool (laughs) to me. I think there's a lot of diversity here at other companies I've worked at. I've often been the only woman on the team. So I think, again, it depends on the place. Uh, Even sometimes here though, in my role, like you get on a call and you are the only woman just because of all the different teams, you know, it's just the representation is always a little, off, but I would definitely say, you know, yeah, I think it depends on the company, but this is the first place I've worked where even in the larger security organization, we have a lot more women I've seen. And maybe that's just also diversity efforts having been ramped up in the last couple of years, I think. Yeah, it could be coincidental or (laughs) just a company that promotes more diversity. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the bigger companies, right? There's just more people in general. So it might just feel that way. Yeah. I don't know. It's the same with me, right? It's like I've been on mostly teams where I was the only woman for the most part. My first role, it was all women except like one or two. And that was awesome. My teams have been great. And I've been super lucky to have people that are welcoming and like listen and make me feel like I'm a part of the team. Yeah, it's always nice. We have, a, like, I'm sure you work with other teams with women on them, right? So for me, it was even if there's not a woman on my team, I worked with teams that had women on them. So I still got to work with women. Yes. <laughs> Which was nice. It does depend on where you are. Right. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, even if there weren't many on my direct team, I think there were some dispersed on the other sure. teams. But yeah, I would say it is more common, sadly, to jump on a call and it be all. Man, that's really awesome that your one job, it was, you know, almost all women that I've never experienced that insecurity, but I also do think it kind of depends on the team you're on in security. Like definitely the more technical roles tend to be more men, Right. where I feel like I find a lot more women in like strategy or GRC, which is totally cool. I mean, I I don't know how, yeah, (laughs) I, and I. I mean, all of those roles are awesome, but I have noticed that discrepancy and I think more technical roles I've been in usually more dominated by men. Yeah. It's interesting because there's also like, for me, I found that from what I hear and have heard since I got into cybersecurity is that people that were traditionally just programmers or developers and 
you know, wrote code all day, we're having a tougher time with some of the more like social aspects or, or emotionally lacking teams, you know, they're just like, you're the only woman. So what, like, we're here to work and like, if you can't, you know, deal with how we do things that, that we've been doing for 30 years, then like, sorry, it was more like that in, in those types of roles and, and teams than like cybersecurity specifically, which I know that it exists in cybersecurity too, but it seemed like cybersecurity was a little more aware, uh, people in cybersecurity are a little more aware of the fact that like, hey, we should work together and it doesn't matter who's doing the job. We just need people to do the thing. Please come work. Literally just need bodies, like please help. And so I always found everybody super welcoming and I would go to these meetings in Denver where women's tech meetings and, and majority of the people would be devs and they would just be like, we hate our job and I'm the only woman on my team and everybody sucks and it's just sad and I hate it. And I'd be like, what about cybersecurity? And they're like, yeah, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> what about cybersecurity? You know? So yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with that path and I couldn't do it. I don't have the structure to just code for hours, but people have to do it. I think it's sad that it is like that, but I am grateful for cybersecurity folks that I've met that have been more open to having more diverse teams. That is a really good point. I think security does have, like you said, a little bit more awareness and I, almost, I feel like the community is a little different in cybersecurity from what I've seen. I mean, you're still going to have some tougher people to Absolutely. deal with or work with, but I agree. I think for the most part, security has been a little bit easier than like when I worked in IT support, for example, sure. like that was a much different atmosphere than security. So I think, yeah, there is a little bit different mindset and culture in each of those specialties. Sure. And I don't know if it was like this when you were in school, but for me, which, you know, was a boot camp. but the first, one of the first things that they talked to you about is like, so cybersecurity, like you're going to have to talk to a lot of people and the emphasis on explaining things to a variety of different individuals in a company, right. Is there. And so like, if you don't have good soft skills, that's one of the things that you might want to work on before you start this career path. You don't have to have it, but like, it's going to help. Whereas like some people are better with the soft skills and don't need to really practice much. And, and you need the technical part of how to get into cyber, but they're definitely two things that are very important for this role. Whereas, right. Like programming, they're like, if your soft skills suck, I mean, we still want you to work because you can program in all these languages and you're amazing, which maybe that's changing. I don't know, but you know what I mean? There's a little more emphasis on it up front, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. I do remember that when I was interviewing as well for those first cybersecurity roles was it was a lot of like customer service based type questions. Like, how would you explain this to a director who has is not technical at all? And I think you're right. There is a lot more emphasis on that. The nice thing about cybersecurity, too, I think, is development is very technical. Maybe I don't know enough about this, right? Like there is a lot of project management and all of that as well. But I think there's such a wide roles in cybersecurity where if you are better at the soft skills, you can do security awareness and train people and take advantage of that. Right. But if you do just, you don't want to talk to anyone and you want to be technical, you can also take advantage of yeah. that extreme side. And then there's a good middle ground, you know, yeah. where like in my role, I do think you get the soft skills in and the technical work. So I think there's a place for everyone, but yeah, again, 
each of those specialties within tech can lean a certain way towards like certain types of people who prefer to work, you know, in that specific way. Everyone, there's plenty of jobs. Join us. It's That's what I'm trying to convince everyone. There is a job for you in cyber. We're actually both recruiters. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could totally yeah. be a recruiter. I'm just like so excited to talk about it all the time. I know. I feel like every time someone tells me they don't like their job, I'm like, like you said at your meetings, <laughs> cybersecurity. The sad thing is, is I think people feel so intimidated by yeah, it. You know, they a little bit. feel like they'll never get into it or they hear about the horror stories of how, you know, tech like, being a woman. Yeah. yeah. Like it's hard being a woman in tech or it's, you know, it's or they don't see a lot a of people like that. You could just be a woman <laughs> or you could be a woman in cyber or tech and still yes. be a woman. It's all hard. <laughs> I am nodding along so much right now. (laughs) That is true. It makes me sad that women are deterred from coming into the field though. And I don't know, I think there, there are a lot more efforts to get, especially younger women into the field. I mean, when I was in college, I went to the women in cybersecurity conference, the WESIS conference. And I think that's what motivated me. Like, yeah, this is the right field and all these cool women are doing it. I can do it too. But it's amazing, you know, when you're in a room of a thousand women, but then when you go back to your company, it is a reminder of how much we need to improve that diversity. Right. right. And there's plenty of organizations that like, then you go back to your, your org outside of work and you like, all talk about your experiences at work <laughs> as the woman. Yeah. But I do, feel, I do feel like there's a lot of places now that are allowing you to use your pronouns. And I see a lot of she, her, they, them. And it makes me very excited because it's showing that there is more diversity and maybe there was before, but people weren't able to necessarily show it or weren't comfortable doing that. But I am very happy to see that there are more like underrepresented individuals in general on my feeds and like in my discord channels and LinkedIn and all the things. And I do think it is improving, even if it is slow. Yes, I have seen the same thing. And even, yeah, again, just companies being more willing to, you know, having a space for you to put your pronouns or making an effort to have my more diverse candidates. Like, I think that's something that a lot of tech companies, not all, you know, I've I've heard interesting stories before, but I think a lot of the bigger companies, you know, are trying to make sure that they are giving a, a diverse pool of candidates more opportunities to interview. So I think you're right. I've definitely noticed either at work or yeah, on Twitter or yeah. any other space. I love to all the pressure in the last couple of years for like panels and all of that, like have some diversity on a panel, yeah. you know, don't make it all the same type of person. Don't have a man talking <laughs> about women's. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I think there are improvements. There's a lot that can still be done. I'm curious. I haven't looked up the numbers lately. You know, what percentage of cybersecurity is whatever underrepresented minority, but I hope that it's trending in the right direction. Yeah. I just had the statistic for women as I was presenting to a women's group, but like a year ago, it was like 20% was women, which is definitely like not enough. If it's not half, it's not enough, right? Or or more. (laughs) I think like four years ago was 11% though. So it's still better because I remember I saw that number and was shocked by it. I didn't realize it was that little, but it's still not enough, but at least we're going in the right direction. Yeah, I think so. But also like 
<laughs> it's always interesting to me when I hear about people leaving cybersecurity specifically, but tech in general, because I'm like, what else will you do though? Because <laughs> there's so many jobs and you just don't want to do any of it or you don't want to do that one thing because there are definitely more things. Don't give up. But you know, everybody has their own reason for leaving. It's just interesting to me. Sometimes I'm like, I will never leave. I don't think. <laughs> I, I sometimes wonder if people realize all of the roles that are available yeah. to them in tech though. You know, there are so many that, and even, yeah, with cybersecurity, like when people get burnt out and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore, or they get tired of the culture at their company or whatever. I'm like, but okay, I can understand if it's a specific company, but there's a lot of other companies. Yeah. Again, there's so many different roles that you probably don't even realize exist and can fit your interests. Like if you're burnt out on one thing, there's, I guarantee there's something way better, but that's a different right. option that you will fit your, what you want to do yeah. a bit better. But, but I guess we can't I'm the say until we get there, we're both too young for this conversation. <laughs> what are we talking I was going to say, I'm like, I'm too chipper about it. You don't it. know anything. Talk to me in five years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll redo this interview. Don't judge us. All right. Cool. I know we had talked previously about neurodivergencies and that we both have like ADD, ADHD. How do you, I mean, I feel like that's also another, right? People with liberal arts backgrounds and neurodivergencies are like very common in our field. And I, I find that interesting and very cool actually, because it's kind of like we're building this unconscious safe space for each other. We're all just like, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Right. <laughs> I know. I think it's more common than some of us, you know, realize because a lot of people don't open up about that at work, but you know, in these like communities you have or extracurricular groups, I think it comes up and it is surprising and also reassuring when you're not alone. But yeah, I, I was diagnosed with ADHD this year and my life makes so much more sense now. <laughs> uh, and I do think, you know, it's one of those things where it can come in handy sometimes, right? Like if you're distracted easily, you can switch tasks pretty quickly in a role like I'm in, right. <laughs> you know, hop around when you get bored. But I will say, you know, I'm not an advocate for ADHD. Like I'm just kind of learning about myself yeah. <laughs> and my struggles. But if anybody is ever questioning it, definitely, you know, self-care, take care of your mental health and all of that. Because I do think that if you're struggling with work, you know, I had a lot of days where there was just a lot on my plate and it was hard for me to get through it, yeah. but eh, there's also a lot going on in the world right now. So a lot of it could be a contributing factor, yeah. but yeah, I think it does benefit you in a lot of ways. Like don't feel ashamed. I think, you know, our field again, does accept that all differences, you know, they, it does have its struggles, but it definitely does have its benefits as well. But sure. yes, it's, it is interesting to hear about the experience of experiences everyone else has, or, you know, it's, it is nice to be able to bring it up to people and nobody judges you no. because a lot of the time they have yeah. something going on too, or, right. or at least just mental health related, right? I'll like anxiety or depression, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I feel like we're all struggling with something yeah. or managing something. So I would say cybersecurity is probably the most Okay, granted, I've yeah, I've been in I haven't had a lot of different careers. <laughs> We're not experts. We're not experts. Right. We're not doctors. But everyone's very accepting of it, I guess. It's very understanding. There's yes. like a, 
I think of an acknowledgement of we're all struggling mentally sometimes, like even with just your job, like burnout from it and yeah. the stress and all of that. So I do think that there is a wide acceptance of taking care of your mind, work-life balance, at least at the companies I've worked at, I think it's been a very healthy mindset. Yeah, I agree. And there's even things like we interviewed Kim Crawley on this podcast previously, and she runs a conference every year called Disinfosec for people who want to give talks who have some type of disability or ability. And that can be self-diagnosed. There's no judgment. Nobody's asking to like prove that you have been diagnosed by a professional. If you think you have something and you, what are the symptoms? And you're like, that's me. Then you can say like, nobody's judging you. And just like having that community and just knowing that that exists, like makes me feel better. Cause I'm like, wow, like people want to hear what we have to say and aren't like, Oh, (laughs) these ADD anxiety folks like don't know what they're talking about. It's just super empowering. And I super appreciate that she does that. But again, right. I think it's becoming more visible in the workplace that like we do have those things that exist. A lot of people in tech have them. There's like things at bigger companies that you can do to like reach out to other people who may have something similar or just, you know, want to talk and get advice on how do you manage your day? And like, how are you getting through tough times, whether it's because life is the way it is right now or just in general and like are there tricks that you do that may help me too since we're in a similar role or not I think working from home is hard for me with ADD if I was in an office like there wouldn't be as many distractions but at the same time I love it because I have ADD and like nobody can see me being weird where I'm like okay well I'm gonna go like play with a squish ball for five minutes because I just can't anything else right now <laughs> I feel that <laughs> or I'm like I'm not gonna stop thinking about my laundry until I go do it so I'm gonna go do it and then I'll come right back but it also like it seems to help in other ways because I do get off of the screen sometimes when I've been staring at the computer for a very long time like I'll get distracted and get up and go look outside or whatever and so that's beneficial to your health right is like need you're supposed to get up every however frequently if you have like an apple watch or something it definitely reminds you like get up go walk around the ADD reminds me it's like go over there go over there so at least that's you know at least that's a thing that's awesome I appreciate your perspective <laughs> on it because I do think right like for me some days it was frustration but you're right I think there are a lot of yeah like I definitely do just go do something random in my house really quick and then come back and I think you're right. Sometimes working from home can't be hard for that exact reason, but I do think like you're saying that conference is really awesome. I, those support groups like at work or outside of work, I think it's just becoming more common to talk about it too, That's which is I really cool. I mean, <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, I think you're, you know, it is more visible and it is more common. And I mean, how many times I, at least for me, maybe like, you know, a few years ago, even not even the past few years have been rough for everyone. But sometimes you just want to sit in your team meeting and be like, hey, I've been anxious all week. So I actually haven't gotten a lot of work done and I'm not proud of it, but that's just the state I've been in. And, you know, I think though you kind of can at least just say like, hey, I have been stressed or, you know, people are more accepting of it, at least from what I've seen. I don't want to speak for everyone. I'm sure there have been some hard times for people bringing that up, but I do think mental health has become, yes, very a talking point 
and you know more important to discuss yeah. in are, group settings before, more people are, are prioritizing it which is nice yes exactly and yeah like go take do what I know at least we're on the team I'm on it's like oh you're just having a hard day like do what you need to do you know I don't think anybody's ever upset which is I think really awesome because definitely worked at places where that wasn't the case I feel like that was the breaking point of where I was like oh I have a, an adult career this is awesome from like a job you know when you're younger and you have jobs there are people there are these magic people who like graduate college and then have their first job and I'm like you lucky so and so because I had all these jobs before I had a job right and like you know you didn't get treated like an adult even if you were sort of an adult and it's just like oh you're going to the bathroom make sure somebody comes and sits here and watches the or you have to ask or you have to like you're having a tough time like okay we'll clock out and like you're not going to get paid or like whatever is just like oh you're late you're going to be fired if you're late again like regardless of what like those kinds of things just like not being treated as an actual person and then you get like a career where they're like yeah we trust you I'm like I don't need to like check in like I'm going to the doctor do you need to know when I'm back and they're like no <laughs> right okay. like you don't need a sick note or anything yeah to prove that yeah, you're yeah. not feeling well no. oh, yes haven't yeah and I, I think too again it's going to be dependent on the company but I think tech is a little bit more laid back like there's been a few places I've worked right where people don't want meetings before like 10 or 11 because they start later in the day because they like to sleep in and that's just understood. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's really, really cool, but yeah, I do think it is a little bit more relaxed for people. Yeah. Like you, there's not as much pressure yet to like be online from eight 30 sharp right. to four 30 sharp. Right. And like you have a 15 minute lunch break, like that's super stressful. Yeah. And it is hard to work with that. And that's why if anybody's considering going into tech, I highly recommend it. Like the flexibility, again, just watch out for work or company culture. I think that's the biggest interview. Your interview. All places will be like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like being, are you going to get your job done? Okay, good. We trust you. Great. That's it. So that's nice. So we've talked a lot about like your work life and what your role consists of. What do you do outside of work? Are you passionate about anything specifically or how do you spend your time? Yeah, so I enjoy volunteering and helping out with the groups that promote diversity and security. I will be honest, I have fallen a little bit behind the last few months with, uh, you know, again, the last two years, there's been a lot going on. But, you know, I have helped out with a couple organizations, which has been really cool. Conferences, too, are always really fun to go to. I'm not biased. Uh, you know, towards the ones that promote diversity, but I do find that those, I, I really like the community, you know, within those groups and at those events. So I am a little biased towards them, but I, you know, I think it's important to be involved in those greater communities and to build connections, uh, you know, even if it's not to promote your career, just to help other people or you share your stories and listen to theirs. It's just nice to not feel alone. Uh, so I, I like being involved in those organizations and meeting people who can relate to the struggles, whether it's just like being a woman in the workplace or what you do day to day, you know, in your job and how to do it better. And you're a big hiker, right? You are always outside, <laughs> right? <laughs> I see pictures of you. Like, I don't know. Every time, like I talk to you, it's like work and then outside. And I'm like, Kara's adventuring. She's adventurous. I like it. 
Yes, you way to call me out. No, <laughs> no, you're right. I do love to hike and be outside, especially I think working from home, you know, I, so I actually worked from home before the pandemic mm-hmm. too. So too. I learned that if I don't get outside, I will go a little bit stir crazy. Right. You know, so even right now it's a little cold in Chicago. So I have been a little antsy inside, like I can do cold, but not negative five with wind chill cold. That's a little much for me, but yes, I do love to hike. So, you know, uh, I haven't gotten to travel as much last two years, but typically I, I, you know, I'm trying to see like all the national parks in the U S and travel a bit more lately. It's been a little bit more locally, but I do think getting away from a screen is for me, super helpful. If I sit here all day, you know, I feel like my eyes are burning. So (laughs) I think it's a good balance. Thanks for sitting on the screen for extra long today. (laughs) Oh, it was an honor. You know, I love doing this. It's, you know, it's one thing to do it a couple days a week. I did want to say though, like you, you know, you were talking about the volunteer work and and you, you said you apologized for it. Like I was the, you're like, I'm sorry, work. And like, I'm the work and you're like, sorry, volunteer work, but I don't, you know, don't do that. Right. Like I, that's how we met, right? So we met through one of the volunteer organizations and we've known each other ever since. But I think part of it too, right, is like knowing your balance. And I had a separate conversation about this earlier today with a different group, but knowing what you can handle. And I think as a, we're both relatively new to the industry. I think in the beginning, you're like, I need to do a lot of things. I'm trying to build my resume and like learn as much as I can and help other people and and help myself. And like, what all can I do? And you do a bunch of things and you say yes, and that feels good. And then you're like, okay, I'm doing this thing. But then you're also working (laughs) and you're working at something that is sort of difficult. And then also like everything else outside of work is going on. And then you're like, but self-care and time to myself, not involving any of this. And it gets to, it, it can feel very overwhelming. And I think just knowing that it's okay to say no to some things is also okay, which is something that I had to learn. And people are still like, you're doing how many things? And I'm like, no, I've cut back so many. I'm only doing like three, <laughs> and, right? Like, but you know, there was a time where I was doing so many extracurricular things that at some point I was just like, I'm gonna pass out if I do one more thing or like get broken up with because I'm so busy. So keeping yourself in check, I think is good. And yeah, don't ever apologize for having to do what's best for you. Yeah, no, I think, first of all, Angela, I am proud of you for doing a little less because I was worried about you for a bit. (laughs) No, you are awesome though. I love that you jump into so many things, but I do think you're right. It's hard, like you said, when you're new to the field though, because everyone I think does talk about doing those extra things outside of work. And it is fun. I mean, you're so new, you're enthusiastic, right? But I do think it contributed to some burnout for me last year. Yeah, You were by my side (laughs) with that, working on some of those organizations. And you know, I give so many props to the people who do it. It is hard work to like maintain all of those activities after work. But yeah, I think learning boundaries is something with my career, especially something I really had to learn as well. I I agree. Feel free to take a step back to say no, or if you just need that break for six months to do no extracurriculars, 
you're not going to fall behind or lose your connections or anything like that, you know, do it if you enjoy it, or you don't always have to offer to lead or, you know, like you can just be a participant and show up now and then. Like, I think taking a step back sometimes is okay too. You can be a member and and not a leader. There's so many options. Yes. Just choose the right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Like, or maybe, yeah, you become a leader again in a year. (laughs) It's okay to just kind of ebb and flow with that. Like you said, it is hard though. I think there is so much pressure. Like I said, I've heard, you know, when new people are coming to the field, it's like join all these extra things and build a home lab and do a million things outside of your day-to-day job. And it's hard to keep up with all of that. So if anybody out there is like, Hey, how do I do that? You're not alone because I can barely do it. And Lately, I haven't been great at it. So, you know, it's, I got into, but it's okay. Like you said, I got into the habit of being like, say yes to everything. Like I was telling everybody this and uh, like presentations, people are going to hear this and be like, you told me, I was like, say yes to everything, which is kind of true, like at the beginning, but also maybe just say yes to the things you want to say yes to that you can handle because if you overdo it, you will get burnt out and you will just be like, I can't do any of them. Well, this was awesome, Kara. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about your experience. I feel like I learned more about application security just in this short conversation. So that's very cool. I I love your experience because like you said, most people you talk to now didn't go to college for like what they actually are doing in security. So it's very rare. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome to be able to chat with you and you know, some of these topics I've never talked to you about before. So it was fun to you know be able to join. So thanks for asking me to come on. And again, to anybody who's questioning whether to come into tech, feel free to reach out, listen to this advice. It's a great space to join. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great evening and talk to you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Focal Point Podcast with Angela Marafino. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Thank you.